0: When you build something it's and, and you do it right, you know, and that's the thing that we teach is, you know, proper foundations, you know, build something concrete and, and, and do it right, square it up, you know, build the framing. When you stand back, no one can take that from you, you know, nobody can say that that's terrible because you know it's perfect. Hello,
1: innovators. I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridge in the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Gray Tech Group you're invited to join our construction, innovation, and digital transformation adventure with a mission to model the future for this great industry. My guest today is Clay Abernathy. He's a veteran entrepreneur with 28 years of experience in a wide variety of sales and management positions. In 2006, he founded Ideal Institute to provide alternative educational opportunities for students wanting accelerated hands-on training. They just opened up a new trade school in Tucson, Arizona, that has quadrupled in the last six months. Welcome to the show, Clay. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing and the, the impact and, and story. So excited to dig in a, a little bit deeper in the, the conversation. But before we, we get in that, you've had a kind of a, a wide variety background. How'd you get into the construction industry?
0: Um, well, uh, you know, the, the, the short story is I started off as a professional clown when I was 10 years old. And, uh, the long story is, is that, uh, uh, you know, I grew up poor and, uh, like to make money and uh, continue to find new ways and <clears throat> I became real successful, pretty young, sold those businesses and, uh, ended up in real estate. Re- real estate took me over to construction. And, uh, and so real estate and construction has been my baby for about, uh, about 20 years. Yeah.
1: Nice. i, I- i Have not gotten the clown answer before. <laughs> Hearing somebody's background, I feel like there's a, a cool story behind then that we that it. we have to hear. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. It, so you know, I I, 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 we went to Barnes and Noble back when the, there was actual bookstores around. I guess there are still a few, but um, at ten, you know, I, I I found this book that basically taught you how to make balloon animals, and um, I told my mom I want to buy it. She's like, "No, we're definitely not buying that." And I had actually, I done like mowing grass for people and so i had some money at home i said i'll buy it give you the money when we get home and and she let me she got it for me and i i just went to town making these balloon animals and then i started going to people in the neighborhood and saying hey can i do birthday parties for you and then i was in uh, restaurants and i was doing spring flings and fairs and then i was trained by a uh a, a guy out of the circus barton bailey a circus and then a full-on clown magic face paint i did that and i would. At uh, twelve and thirteen years old, I was making eighty-five dollars an hour for birthday parties. And but as I got older, I I realized I didn't want my kids to be like, yeah, that's my that's my that's my dad over there, bozo. Um, <laughs> so I still do it, like grand openings and, and big things that we have going. I'll bring, I'll bring out the balloons for the kids, hide in the corner, and just make balloon animals for hours, uh, just for funsies. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. My kids would love you
1: <laughs> they would yeah. just follow you around you'd be the pied piper <laughs> that's yeah. awesome uh so what kind of led you into really founding ideal institute and then creating the the trade school
0: well so i was i uh, we have a we have a problem um uh, a societal problem throughout it's um actually throughout more than just uh you know construction or real estate and, and in real estate i was training real estate agents and um, I was trying to make a better real estate agent. And one of the things I, I always knew would make a better real estate agent is construction experience, understanding what's in the walls and what's behind the walls. Uh, that's the, that's the same thing behind and inside, almost the same thing. But, um, so I was trying to do that. And then I own an insurance company too. And we, so we were, we were trading people all throughout all of these companies. And we realized that there was, there was, there was a gap there, um, and that, uh, and that gap really needed to be fixed and it was teaching people to show up on time and things that you normally would get in your house you know that the people come out and like you 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 show up on time you you don't call in sick unless you're really sick you know all of those things and so Mm -hmm. that's where the the trade the trade school kind of got uh starving you know it and so we we spent um i spent 15 to 17 years uh trying to do apprenticeships and internship programs and and all these work programs and everything to try to solve this problem, and uh, I realized that they just worked. Um, they just didn't work right. They just didn't. Uh, they didn't do what I, I needed them to do. They, 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 it's called far transfer, basically in your brain when when you're able to do one thing and it associates to something that's extremely, um, uh, that, that's not a, that that's not a part of it, but is is another very important thing. And so we realized that we needed to really dive in, and that's where we where we redesigned everything and really reopened uh, Ideal Institute as a uh, construction a general construction school to start that will will be an entrepreneur school here, um, but to get the basics of showing up, uh, hard work, and understanding that there are walls in life and how to work through those walls. So you you become successful when you when you want to quit but you don't, and then you overcome it and then and then it happens again and again and again and and you realize that you know those mountains you climb really aren't that big they're and then you're excited to climb more mountains and we were able to do that um, by building building tidy homes and modular homes and um we we launched our program in january and it was the most incredible thing to to see um to see 13 people change in six months is is not the norm normally in training people you see one person change and you're always constantly looking at well why did the rest fail um but we had found a way that all of them became successful in such short period of time and then we we launched our second semester in july which was 52 students and they just finished their first modular tiny house and that one uh, went out the door two days ago and they're walking taller and they're just changed human beings when you can you know, when you can see what you've done and what you've built, um, it changed your life. And so we, we found we were able to change lives by building, building homes and in construction. Yeah.
1: So what do you think is, uh, part of that, of doing something with your hands and and having that, that concrete physical product at the end of the day that makes such a big impact?
0: yeah so I, I can tell you what makes it unique for me is that being in the service industries and in real estate before i got into construction is that and, and in insurance if if you you could be serving somebody for five years and their their insurance bill changes a dollar and they hate you you know <laughs> and you're like geez and then you and then you start to reflect on that like am i a terrible human being because I'm, i missed a dollar um and and there is something to that you know it's it's very it's very difficult for that aspect but when you build something, it's, and, and you do it right, you know, and that's the thing that we teach is, you know, proper foundations, you know, build something concrete, and and, and do it right, square it up, you know, build the framing, do, and we teach them the, the proper things. When you stand back, no one can take you from, take that from, you, mm-hmm. you know, nobody can say that that's terrible because you know it's perfect, and you can stand back and see what you've accomplished. And it changes you. I mean, it, and it also humbles you too, because then you go around and you look at these other buildings. You're like, man, how did they build that? How many nails are in that building? How many screws are, you know, how how much work was put into that? And that's what that's what happened to these individuals, and and it happens to everyone in construction. When you build something, you stand back and you do a good job. That's the other thing. If you build it and it's crap, well, you know, it doesn't really change you. But we these kids do quality work. We, we tell them, it's it's fine. You can do it right. Or you can do it twice. Either way, it, it, it will be the same. And I think that's really the thing is that you you start to gain confidence that says, well, if I can do that, and this is where that far transfer comes into your brain. If I can do that, then I can do this. And if I can do this, then I can do that. And all of a sudden, the the brain changes and it starts to believe in, in yourself and and, and, and hope it gives you hope in the world, and and that's why I think that some of the best people are found in construction mm-hmm. because they have that they're they're humble, and they have that belief of that that, that things will get taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think the
1: the secret sauce is to finding people to get them excited to come into the trades? Because that's a it's a real <laughs> hurdle I think for construction across the board is getting getting fresh blood into the industry?
0: That is a great question. And that is probably the question that I get asked every time people come and see my school and they're like, this is absolutely incredible. How did you get the people? Yeah. And uh, and I, I tell them, I said, well, I make construction sexy. You know, that's that's where, what's missing is, is the statistics are sexy in construction. You know, 10% of all the world's income is spent on construction. 10%. That's, that's, uh, there's nothing even <laughs> compares to that. That means it's, and it's stable. It is the largest um, industry in the world. It is the longest industry. There is, a, from, from any time we have records of people doing anything, we have records of them building something. Right. It is the oldest trade. It is the longest trade. It, we, it, we spend the most in it. But, but in, 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 in high school, they say, well, if you're not, if you don't go to college, you won't be successful. Well, we just we hit them with the facts. No, it, that's that's not it. That's not real. That's not right. And and being able to stand back and build something. I mean, if you're a man, being able to build, stand back and build something and go, look, I, I built this. You know, I can take care of my family. I can do this. And we we got an interesting statistic: thirty percent of our students are women, and our next class, we have fifty percent of our our students will be women. Wow, that can stand back and say, look, I can I can take care of a home no matter what. I can, you know. I, I can do anything and um and so we're we're just hitting people with reality like look we we create skills you know and and you can't and and we know from studies that it without um tactile habits you don't create long-term memories and without creating long-term memories you can't sit in a class and learn and so we just we're just teaching people reality and truth and they they love it and and uh and and they do and and that that's it. We're just making it sexy again. Yeah,
1: I, I love that. One of the things that kind of perplexes me is the the misconception that people outside the industry have of of construction and, and the the bad rap that construction has has taken of people that that go into the industry. Even it, despite it being, you know, the, as you said, the, the longest industry and ten percent being spent in the industry, why do you think? there is this uh, stigma that is placed on construction
0: that we have to overcome and we have that extra hurdle to
1: bring people into the industry.
0: Or, well, um, you know, I won't say anything bad here. So I'll just, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, we we have this, uh, I mean, that that's. I'll do my best to shorten this question for you. Um, but we have this belief that, um, you know, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to retire and live on the beach. You know, and that's, and that's a good life, you know, but statistically, we know that after retirement, within five years, you're 80% more likely to have Alzheimer's after that. Once your social network comes, you start to lose verbiage and you, and you, and you actually lose words that you would, that you would normally know. And so our society has been trying to sell jobs on, we're going to allow you to work for us and do this stuff that you don't want to do for so many years in hopes that you'll retire and be able to sit on a beach. And that's and that's really bad for our brain. It's really bad for our body. It's really bad. It's it's, it's bad for us completely. And so to sell that idea, we we had to go into 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 younger ages and say, look, th- this is what you really want. You don't want to work hard. You don't want to work hard with your hands. Um, you know that that's tough. That's tough work. But uh, statistically, we also know that 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 it's good for your brain. It's good for your body. The, the likelihood that you'll live longer. by by using your hands and getting out and building stuff we also know that it constructs your brain differently that 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 far transfer happens and that you actually be more successful in all aspects of your life because you understand what a proper foundation is and what proper scaffolding is and 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 all of these things and so it's this societal norm that we we really have to get over um in that manner And, and and yeah yeah i don't know if that fully answered your question but uh I, sometimes I have to tone it down a little bit on on what society has been doing uh, to construction, and I think that's why. Yeah. Oh,
1: for sure. Uh, you know, we've had several guests on tackling this exact same topic, and, and one of the things that has been kind of a, a common theme is hitting high schoolers and going into uh, huh, that sounded bad. <laughs> talking to high schoolers. I, I, not, not <laughs> Sometimes you might want to hit them up. <laughs> uh, going in and talking to high schoolers about the trades is, is actually starting too late to have that conversation that instead we need to go even younger and, and start talking to middle schoolers and, and great stu- students on the, the impact of construction and the opportunity that existing and get them excited and show them kind of the the practicality of the industry that and the its impact on society because you can't have a society without a thriving construction industry. Nothing gets done, nothing gets built. Uh I'm curious on your thoughts on that of, of what's the the right age to start really having this conversation.
0: Yeah, the, when they're born. Um you know <laughs> one of the one of the reasons this is coming so I, I used to go into high schools um, 15 years ago and and the the recession that happened 2008 through 11. and so um, this this problem that we're currently facing right now we lack 1 million construction workers in the United States alone today according to U.S. labor uh, Bureau of Labor, two million by 2023 largest class retired class uh, craftsmen the world has ever seen. So, I used to go in and, and people thought it was crazy. I said, they'll look weird and have a problem. We're putting 70% of, of all high school students directly into college. College graduation rate across the nation is 30%. 30%. Yeah. To, to even pass, you've got to get 60% in, in a college or university. They're failing at their own system. You know? But yet, on, yeah, yeah, you know, if, if I was to give them a passing grade, every college, the, the highest is forty-one percent graduation rate. Every college in the United States is failing at their own at their own grading system. You know, if I said if I said if I did that, that, that that's a problem. But these statistics have been on the U.S. Census Bureau for thirty years, so the writing was on the wall. And here's the interesting one: is that um, all of them. Everyone who goes to college on average, they're in debt till they're 40 years, just from that four years. Well, the writing on the wall is that that, that creates a, a, a crisis. That, that's, a, that's a problem. And, mm-hmm. and so I went into high schools and, and told this, but, but the teachers just said, oh, you're crazy. And they don't think I'm crazy anymore. But we, we have to be teaching our children at the youngest ages to go out and play to to build stuff give them give them stuff and, and as parents i'm i'm a father of five um and that's tough right i want to protect my kids i don't i don't want them to get hurt right but we really actually need them to we need them to 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 to, to find out what it feels like when you stick something in a le- electrical socket now granted i'm not going to teach them to do that but we, we've all they're done do it anyway thinking, <laughs> yeah we we remember it but we we think being a good parent is protecting them from having these experiences, and really a good parent is allowing them to have these experiences because we know that 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 classrooms don't work without these um, long term memories via uh, tactile learning, um, and so it, 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 the the earliest the earlier we can get this in, meaning touching things, and it, it can be face painting, it can be it can be putting two sticks together, but everything in the, in, in a young, uh, person's life should be touching, tasting, and smelling. Mm. Because as we get older, we know that, that we can transfer those long-term mem- memories and associate it later in the classroom. But what we've done such a bad job and what, what, what's happening with tech is that we've gotten further and further away where we think that putting a screen in front of somebody teaches them. Unfortunately, it doesn't well, let me let me rephrase that. It does if you have tactile or long-term memories to associate it to. If you do not, and that's all they've learned, well, nothing goes in. It goes right back out. It, it never hits their long-term memory. It just sticks in their short- term and working memory. So the younger, the better, what what does that look like? You know, as soon as you can, you know and 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 get as many experience, safe experiences. I'm not telling you to go out and throw your kids off cliffs, but safe experiences. And, 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 and new ideas. And that, that's hard though, as a parent. I know I got five kids, my wife and I, it's hard to to continually try to find new things to teach your kids. It's so easy just to put them in front of a screen, but not, that doesn't last. It, it's, it's, it doesn't make any difference in their brains. Bridging the Gap
1: is powered by Gray Tech Group. As a global BIM and modeling expert, GreyTech is dedicated to empowering construction and manufacturing professionals to digitize and industrialize their processes to improve performance and build a sustainable tomorrow. With more than 30 years in the industry, they know how to be your partner in a world where change is the new normal and always strive to enable their customers to gain an increased competitive advantage to model the future. Visit greattech-group.com for more information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right there with you on that. Uh, I have four of my own, so I don't meet many people that outdo me in, in kids. So. Props to you for five. You <laughs> I don't know if we're going for five, but <laughs> I think we're good right now with four. <laughs> uh, it's... Life is smarter than four, for sure. <laughs> it, it does not get easier. <laughs> it, it sounds intimidating to me, but <laughs> so hats Good. off to you. Uh, it's amazing though, how that, the tactical side of things, they're so gravitated to that and they just want to build and, and figure out how things are yeah. working together and, you know, take it apart and put it back together. At least my kids, that's their, their favorite thing to do is, is let's just start building something and, uh, I- exploring it and picking it up and, and moving it. And it's, we love to I- encourage that and see their creativity even come out in what they're uh,
0: exploring and and building with that. And that's hard as a parent too, because oftentimes I'm like, crap, I got to clean that mess up. (laughs) Or now I got to go fix that thing that they broke. And a lot of parents don't know how to do that. That's the other thing is, is that we took shop and home ec and we took all these things out of classes. And so my generation, you know, we we don't know how to do it, and so how do you encourage your kids to do it when when we didn't do it? And that's where we really start to get into worrisome problems in our in our country, and we're we're seeing it. Um, but you, you know, the great thing about your brain, your mind, and, and what you're able to do is, if you're smart enough, or just sit there long enough, you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, you got to come up with a
1: creative solution, get it done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, are you seeing momentum kind of pick up in? the the mindset of teachers and and guidance counselors at schools as well and changing the perception of you know pitting colleges versus trades against each other
0: well you know i think some of the great things that happened, like mike uh, like a mike Rowe and and mm-hmm. the, the, there there are now these celebrities and these people who have um who have really been forefront and and saying look these things don't work the statistics have been there for a long time and in fact if you go to the the government studies they're on the government websites we know that the education system doesn't doesn't necessarily work um and so uh, from 15 to uh, 17 years now from going in then to now yeah we're seeing it because it's forefront because they know and they and, and we're having so many problems in schools and people are going you know you, you, these kids can't sit still. Well, of course they can't sit still. I can't sit still for eight hours a day listening to somebody who thinks they know what they're doing and it's not associating to anything my brain. What nonsense is that? Like, right. I'm putting a seven-year-old or eight-year-old or 10-year-old or 18-year-old kid in a class for eight hours and telling them to sit still and then and then if they can't do it, I tell them they're not going to be successful. They're not going to get a college degree. So guys like me and, and Mike Rowe and, and, the, and these great people... They're coming out and saying, you're ridiculous. What What, what do we, how, it, it, it's, it mind boggles me that, yeah. that we haven't, this together. So I, I am seeing counselors now when we go in and it's probably because we know more and I know more when I go in, it's like, yeah, that don't work. You know, you know, it doesn't work. And then we, and then we try to medicate our children to sit still in the classroom. It's like, no, let them go outside, give them, give them something to do. But the big problem is, is that we can't quantify that that success so we can't put it on paper to say that we're having a successful education or a successful school because i need it i need to take a test that has nothing to do with long-term memory so i think we're as a society we're seeing the problems that were created by doing that and so now we're going okay who who cares type of deal mm-hmm.
1: what do you see the the future kind of looking like over the the next couple of years as that pendulum starts to, to swing back what is what does it look like where where do we find kind of a an equilibrium
0: in it i mean but you need both but you you've got it you you can't do the classroom until after you do the tactile i mean we know this i mean this is these are these are studies that have done, been done for years um and and we're when i go in and i tell people what we're doing they're like well, when are you going to get into high school when are you going to get in middle school so when are you going to do an elementary and and that's tough because i have got to train a generation first and then i can go backwards um, from there um, we, we're, we're full on crisis, mode. um, you know, I, I people don't really realize it and I, I hope I'm wrong, you're right, but statistically showing of what happens when, when you lack 2 million construction workers in a society yeah, that, it's a big that problem. yeah, w- when that's what everything relies on, you know, what happens when electricity doesn't get to the hospitals and and what happens when all of the people who have the information pass on without. Giving the information to somebody else, so we're going to see that over the next couple of years. And and I think that that crisis is actually waking people up. I mean, when you call a plumber and they're like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be out in two months," you know, or, or when when you're wanting to build a new home and they're like, "No, we're not bidding anymore," you know, and you, you call ten contractors and no one will even bid for you. You know, I, I think that's making people really wake up and going, "How fast can we do this?" And uh, and there and there are a lot of people trying. The problem is. Is that you've got to you've got to start over, and that's that. I was trying to do it the same way everybody else was, and it wasn't working. And I was like, fine. And I read something from Musk that you know, says if you, if you you can't just change a problem, you got to start over. And that's when we're like, all right, let's let's start it over and do it completely crazy. And then it then it worked. And so that's going to be the hardest part is with legislation. Um, you can't just wipe it. You know, we have all this legislation that says that we have to educate and test and do this. So how do we actually get them and we're going to need somebody much smarter than me in the in the politician world to say how do we actually wipe it but we're going to be in crisis mode here we're we're there but we're going to be in bigger crisis mode where these people in those seats are going to really have to figure it out so i have hope
1: yeah it's a i, I did too uh, on the the hope front i think construction is uh you know more eyes are, are coming in and focusing on construction I think we're at the kind of the precipice of a a really cool journey. As as I look out over kind of the the next decade, I see so much promise and potential here in this industry. Uh, But to your point of sometimes you got to just start over again. I it's such a important, really difficult skill to know when it's time to kind of burn down a process and start from scratch because the tendency is just to kind of tinker around the edges and, and not be, you know, too radical <laughs> in yeah. it or you come off as, as being radical, even though it's like, this is the most sensible thing to do is to start totally fresh because what we're doing right now doesn't make any sense all the way down, yeah. you know, 100%. Uh, what do you think the, the next kind of step is in the trades to kind of in, bring about that industrialization of the trades
0: so so that's that's a that's an exciting question um and and the hard part is is that i think i think the humility of the world is in the trades i I really think if you really want to meet the humble people of the world they're in the trades i mean yeah because they don't have they don't have time for anything else Look, and and we're, we're exhausted and we're emotionally tired and we're and we're we're solving problems that people don't know um And, uh, I think what happens is eventually you start to get people who, who just, you know, you, when I look at the traits, I'm looking at these, these humble people that they don't have time to fight. And I'm like, well, I'm going to fight for you. Right. Let's, 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 let's put on the chopping block. Who's more important, a doctor or an electrician. And, And I tell people in my school, the worth of the soul is great. You're all great. But let's turn the lights off on the doctor and see how he does. Right, who's who? Who save more? Who save more lives? A plumber, or, or or a hospital? And we know that, that sanitation and, and water and, and and sewer has saved more lives than anybody else. So, it's really the forefront. I think, but we we also want to be careful because. We love the humility of these tradespeople, so we don't want them to be too crazy. So it's it's guys like Mike Rowe and it's guys that are standing up that say, "Stay the humble people. Let us let us fight the battle." And yeah. I think I think that I think that helps because you know the the humility is important in life, um, and 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 that's what makes them so great is because they're humble enough because they got to figure out a new problem. I mean, every building is different, and and we need that to stay in the construction. And so I think it's I think it's other people seeing the problem coming in and going. I'll fight you. <laughs> I'll, I'll fight this battle for you. Yeah, I, I love that. I think mean, that's a it's an awesome
1: call to arms. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd love for you to take a moment and, and kind of explain how Ideal Institute works because you got a really cool setup there, and, and you guys are, are doing some awesome, awesome stuff there. So you can just kind of yeah give us the
0: the sky high view of what you guys got going on. The, the quickest uh, The quickest way to tell you is that we're training the next generation of craftsmen by building modular and tiny homes. And and the long version of what that is is that we take um, students. And and so I told you all of these statistics and the things that caused me problems in my own in my own head is that uh, uh, students come in, and we have students of all ages. I have a 16 year old student. Mom had to of course say it was okay to come, and uh, I have a 79 year old student in my class. Now these guys are building stuff. They're not. They're not sitting in a classroom, learning over a screen. They're building, and so they come in and they have a five hundred dollar registration fee. So once we accept them, they have to have some skin in the game because if you don't have skin in the game, you don't really want to learn. So they put their five hundred dollars down uh, before class starts. They sign a, a loan with us, um, and the loan is fourteen grand. It's what it cost me to put one through student through the through the class, um, and then. Um, we loan them $2,200 worth of tools, good tools, every tool that you could possibly need to be a craftsman in the world. Um, and, and then we put some rules in place that say, this is, we, we don't give A's, B's or C's it's, it's you fail or you pass. And uh, if, if you have safety violations over so many, um, you know, if you don't show up, if you're tardy so many times, but you start to get these X's and if, if, if they, if they get over five X's, they, they fail, um, but they, they don't. Um, uh, so then they build homes. A um, uh, one class uh, builds uh, uh, twenty to twenty-five homes in six months. Uh, one uh, one school builds about three hundred and twenty homes um, in in six months. Oh. And um, when they complete this, uh, we sell those homes off uh, to the public, and then we take those funds that we that we that we uh, made. And we put mo- majority of them back into the school, and we pay off all of the students' debt. Um, so they graduate. We let them keep the $2,200 worth of tools. Um, they graduate debt-free. Um, in the state of Arizona, most of the other states, uh, they have qualifying licenses. They graduate with a contractor's license. It's not a skyscraper, build a skyscraper, building a home, but it's uh, up to $5,000. Some states, it's $10,000. Um, but they'll graduate with that uh, contractor's license five all of the tools and they're ready to they're ready to go either work for somebody or uh, or start their own business one of the one of the things I always like to tell you is that uh, we graduate hundred percent of our students so when we look at it, if we're passing or failing we probably won't be able to keep hitting that but our goal is to stay above 90 percent so when we look at post-secondary uh, uh, education we graduated hundred um, percent and that and that has something to say with it can be done and 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 we want people to keep trying to and hold the education to a higher standard
1: yeah that's huge especially i mean 100% when you're comparing that to the traditional college way of 30 to at best 41% to those stats that yeah. you were referencing earlier that's a it's a big step up that's awesome yeah i think that's that's just such a cool model of really kind of putting into what you were just saying into into practice of let's look at it from a different vantage point how can we, can we make it cool make it appealing to people to come in and, and invest their time in, and be willing participants but just look at it from a different vantage point on that uh, how, how do people find out more information on if they, they want to connect or they, they want to help out in, in any way
0: yeah. So we, we do have a website. It's ideal Institute. We also have a YouTube channel. Um, one of the, one of the unique things I did is, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to make these kids successful. And I say kids, a 79 year old man's not a kid, but he's a, he's a kid to me. He and I say they're kids, um, is that, uh, I want to make them successful. So we, we have a videographer, full-time videographer that videos these students working and it's a virtual resume. So you want to go see what we're doing? You go to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and like. Um, put that in there real quick. Uh, um, but uh, you know of showing what these kids are doing. So you can go there. Uh, we have we have um uh, the ability. We, we're we're accepting some investors to come in. We uh we're poised to go across the nation right now. Um, and so we'll we'll go to five hundred uh twelve schools um in the next five years um all the way across the nation to fifty thousand students, which seems like a gigantic number. But when you divide it by fifty the city's in the cities, and it's about a hundred to five hundred students per city, it it doesn't dent the million construction worker problem that we have, uh, but it does help. And so you can, think, but it makes an impact. It does, and you know you change one life, and hopefully he can change another life, and it and and it, and it does. So those are the ways you can find us for sure. Awesome. Uh, so one of our our kind of core
1: themes on the show is around innovation. What does innovation mean to you?
0: You know, so we're disruptors in three industries uh, because we build modular homes, our, our homes are actually structurally more sound than what I've developed over the last 20 years. Um, and they're built by students, the way we attach them to the ground, uh, they're, they're considered single family residences and uh, we, we're an innovator in the construction industry. Um, we take it, and the neat thing is that we take these old craftsmen and they're, they're our teachers, guys that are retiring. We say, Hey, look, don't retire, you'll die. Come, come transfer this information. And they love it, you know, because their bodies are, are not working as well as they should, but they got so much information. So, what we're able to do is create things that people have never seen before because we get this young generation that's got these tech abilities that these old generations don't know. And I think that's why we've lost it is that, you know, if you wanted to talk to a guy in their 60s and 70s that knows how to build a home, um, you got to go talk to him, right? But he, he, he's, he's 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 you know he's he's rough around the edges, you could say. And uh, and this next generation, they want to talk to you. They send you an emoji, and uh, what do you do? <laughs> you know, you're talking different languages. <laughs> it's it's like Spanish and uh, and Greek, you know. And so, um, but but what we've done at the school is just absolutely amazing. Is that we've been able to speak a, the same language. A generational gap that we've never seen because of innovation, right? And and it, it, if we don't figure that out, because we're growing so fast in innovation and tech, we will outgrow the 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 foundation of what builds all this. All of this tech, everything we're doing is built by somebody's hands, you know. And some people say, you know, one day we'll be able to build this house with a robot, but who builds the robot? You know, it, 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 it all comes down to to craftsmen. And um, mm-hmm. so what we what we've done is when we we we've, we have a think tank of so many brains uh, together. We're excited about innovating the next uh, the next exciting things in construction um, because of that. And so that's uh, that already. We've already got patents coming out from the school just from what we've what we've done in in eight months on this new new and and that's that's just the start um, because we're able to innovate and think because we are doing so many different things. Um, where normally a, one company would just, you know, they would do this and then another company would do that. And so because we're linked up, it, it it's actually, we're so far ahead uh, in the real estate and the construction world that we're very excited for the future of that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So final question for you. If, if I could give you all power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in construction,
0: what would you choose to innovate? Well. Well, it, it, it would be it would be the education right because everything comes from that uh, if I if I could snap my fingers and make and make uh the perfect thing it would be that I could transfer the information from the greatest minds in construction to the generation of of 18 to 20 year olds and I could do it at the snap of a finger where where they could matrix it essentially where they could see see that and then they could understand the joy of building for 50 years i mean these these craftsmen that are older they drive around town they built everything i mean I, you know you drive around they're like i built that i built that i built that i built that but you, you can only have that joy um by doing it over and over again so if i if, if i could fix one innovation that would be it you know transfer that information to to the younger generation so they can see the happiness and joy that it comes that comes from it too. Yeah. That knowledge transfer
1: is a, gonna be a critical part to the potential of construction that we were talking about over for the next well into the future. That's a, a huge part. So that's a that would be an awesome innovation. You guys figure that one out for me, that would be cool. I don't think we'll we'll get on it. <laughs> well Clay, thanks so much for taking the time and, and sharing your your passion for the trades.
0: This was great. Really enjoyed the the conversation. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, Well, me, but there's a whole team behind me you just can't see. So I'll say us, but uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. There's a a team behind us all. So
1: (laughs) it comes in handy. (laughs) And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, it is a simple fact that hard work and quality work builds confidence. I liked Clay's line that you can do it right, or you can do it twice. It's important to take the time to do it right out the gate and avoid rework due to sloppiness. Second take, the concept of FAR transfer is fascinating to me. I am a believer for sure, there are a ton of transferable skills from different areas of life that can make you a success in construction. And final take, Clay's innovation answer at the end really pinpointed a big opportunity in construction, and that is the knowledge transfer that is required to continue to move the industry forward. We have to figure out a way to share and disseminate the knowledge and skills of people that have been in the industry for decades as they retire at higher rates. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2022.